Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk podcasts. This is your host, Susie Lewis, speaking from Toulouse. And in this episode of Let's Talk, we will be discussing women in leadership and their role in transformation. Today, I am delighted to welcome Angela Philp, executive coach for women and a passionate believer in potential. Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you, Susie. I am so delighted to be here. We have been exchanging on these topics for the last 10 years and continue to have challenging conversations around this. And you have dedicated your time, your energy and your heart to empowering women and to helping them rise. You started your quest when working for UNESCO, specializing in women's and girls' education, and continued working with humanitarian organizations whilst developing your skills in leadership, positive psychology, meditation, and physical strength. You take a holistic approach to developing resilience and potential in women so that they can rise to the challenges both of their life and of the wider society. Wow. My first question is, why do you do what you do? What or who is your inspiration? Wonderful question. Why do I do what I do? <laughs> it's the question, isn't it? <laughs> the big question, our, our big whys. Yeah, right? what's your um, big why? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I love it when you always ask that question. My inspiration, I'll go, I'll go with that first because yeah. I used to read stories of, of women when I was young and imagine myself being them already, but there was always this, Well, my inspiration are all of the women in my family, first of all, and I think Mm -hmm. inspiration can be um, close or far. Yeah. And I think inspiration is important. And I come from a family on both sides of strong, interdependent and independent, interesting and, yeah, very alive. Alive Mm -hmm. is what I like to use women. And Mm -hmm. so they've always been my inspiration. But the, the other inspiration, I think, are the women who in particular, have transformed things in the world. And I'm thinking of the ones who gave their time and their lives and their energy for us to have the vote. And what that brings me back to is that we are still fighting in the world today. We talk about women's rights. We're still fighting in some countries for women to have the right to learn to read and write. Mm. And that is my my driver. I don't understand how this is still happening. Like, you know, I don't get it we all talk about it we all say yeah it's bad but I actually wonder if we finally in our hearts actually really get that a whole half of the human population is discounted completely yeah. discounted I think so and if you look at the predictions for how long it's going to take us in the world to get gender parity and you look at how the women have led this pandemic so exceptionally I wonder why it takes so long yeah, I um I, I think you've heard me make my declaration that yes. I have that completely unacceptable another hundred years. Mm. Especially when and I mean I'm looking back to something really old. Look at look at everything we have in technology in our hands right now. And you know, when we first started with something really big, it was like it only it took less than 10 years to put a human being on the moon and bring them back safely. And we're saying it's going to take another hundred for half of the world's population to have equal rights. I don't get it and I don't know how we can still sit around and mm. actually say, oh, yeah, isn't that weird, and then keep going on about our daily life. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, we need to commit to doing something and actually acting to make that change. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I believe it's a commitment. And I think everything starts, everything that actually really happens in life 
starts with a clear commitment. And if you're not committed, if you're waiting for circumstances, then it's not a commitment. It's an idea, a dream. And I think this is what it's been for many, Mm. many of us. It's been an idea and and a dream or a wish, and that's really lovely, but um, that doesn't move us forward. Yeah. So I want to come back to the idea of clear commitment, which I completely agree with. If I take your statement... I live what I coach, reinventing myself for every next success and making what seems impossible possible. Can you elaborate more on your commitment to that and what success means for you? Yes, I can. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make an effort. Thank you. I think uh, this is my personal definition of success, which is living my life as my commitment. And that means that there will be ups and downs. That means there will be day I feel like I'm failing and Mm. there will be days that will feel like I'm, you know, like really succeeding. But whatever happens, I get out of bed in the morning because I have a commitment that is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. And so the success in, I mean, the ultimate success would be seeing uh, women in 50% of leadership positions worldwide in the next 10 years, gender Mm -hmm. parity everywhere in the next 10 years. And that is what I dedicate everything I do towards every conversation I have. And I don't mean by hammering that down someone's throat. No, no, clearly. (laughs) I mean by speaking and seeing how much potential I can bring out in another woman in one conversation, every Mm. conversation. I think Uh, I'm hearing there that the idea of using your voice, what what have you learned about using your voice along your journey with coaching, particularly women? I've learned that the more you use your voice, the more you call out to others who have been longing to hear it and who start joining your voice. So while you're keeping your voice quiet, you are not giving anybody else an opportunity to to, um, raise theirs or to listen into yours. And Mm -hmm. so voice is really, really, really important. And in organisations, if you're not, I mean, we 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 can speak out about injustice even before that, speaking out speaking up about what you truly believe in and being being a stand for that and the commitment to it and using your voice for that is what draws your tribe around you. And we move forward. I mean, this is what you're all about, Susie, right? Is yeah. Yeah. So the more, it's not so much being loud and vocal and thumping the table, or it can be, it may, that may need to be the case, but it's it's not hiding what you think. It's mm. not keeping it as a secret inside you that you go to your death with. It's speaking out about, yes, I believe in this and, yes, I believe in that and being a commitment and voicing it and, you know, bringing it to the table and asking, hey, who else has got this? You know, who, who else is finding this strange? Mm. <laughs> Am I the only one? And we fear that, right? But most yeah. of other people are thinking the same thing and not saying it too. So when you speak, you give someone else permission to speak too. Yeah, so you basically, you you turn your voice on and then you turn it up in terms of how you can use it to empower other people. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And then it becomes a, a, a virtuous upward cycle. Mm. And and what do you think are the major challenges coming out of the process of what you call rising? So can you tell us about rising, how you help women rise and what their biggest challenge is? Yeah, there's a few challenges. Um, I can imagine. <laughs> Because it's interesting because when we talk about systems as well, Mm. systems start with individuals, but individuals are not independent of a system, right? But so the system, the macrocosm reflects the microcosm, reflects Mm. the smallest part. So I was thinking about this. What are the challenges coming out of the process of rising? And 
I think the biggest challenge is that as we start to rise, mm. we hit our own barriers, right? Yeah. And we hit our own safety mechanisms. And that's what happens in organisations and in systems the same way it does within human beings. And when we hit our safety mechanisms and our, and our safety instinct starts working, then we shrink. So we mm. go into this period of expansion and then the minute we hit, the minute our safety mechanism, which is designed exactly to keep us the way we've always been, enters into the process, we shrink back thinking that that's not the way we should be going. So that's the, and, and how that shows up is orientating ourselves to play not to lose rather than playing to win. Okay, that's really interesting. I just want to stay on that for a little minute. So we are talking about systems and we're essentially talking about internal systems here. So how do internal systems keep you in in a playing not to lose and not playing to win? I really like that analogy and I think a lot of people will will equate to that. So for our listeners, can you just extrapolate a little bit more on playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win. I'm assuming that you don't want like the whole like psychological way it works. Is that right? You're looking uh, at yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But but an overview of, of, of what you mean and what the difference may look like between somebody who's playing to lose, uh, playing not to lose, sorry, and somebody yeah. who's playing to win. Well, someone who's playing not to lose will be, I mean, I'll, I'll pull out a few like samples, but, you know, playing the good girl and yeah. not even realising it, executing <laughs> Being, okay. you know, being the one who always hands in the best work, which I'm not saying we should not go for excellence, but we'll be going mm-hmm. for perfection rather than excellence. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be, and which will be constant, constantly executing and underneath that is a wanting, like coming from wanting praise or approval, mm-hmm. okay, which is the same thing. I don't want to make it bad, but this is how our safety instincts sort of show up. Yeah, and sure. what we'll do is keep, we'll stay at, I, I wrote a blog post about this. I think you might have read. Yes. But, <laughs> So how this is sort of how we act it out or how the mechanisms function within us, okay, mm-hmm. and how we act that out is by staying at the whiteboard and never put and never putting our things out there, for example, mm-hmm. or by thinking, by keeping in our mind, hey, I've got this great idea, I should really be doing that or I'd really like to go into, for example, such and such a position or I've got a great idea that I can propose to the organisation and then convincing ourselves that it's not a good idea and then being the very best person in the position that we're actually already in. Right, it can be the best HR manager. It can yeah. be, it could be the best. Um, I don't know, product line manager, whatever it might be. And if you're thinking of something else that could that could provide change, what you'll do is go back to being the very best at what you already are. I'm sure that sounds so familiar to so many listeners. It sounds very familiar to me. Okay, so playing not to lose. Okay, so then what does playing to win look like? Playing to win's risky. That's what it is. Scary, okay. you mean? Yeah, sca- yes, yes, scary. <laughs> and, and also scary, it feels risky inside. And our yeah. fear always feels yeah. real. But, oh, and that's the other thing about playing not to lose rather than playing to win is that you're playing, I think the best way to say it, is you're playing life from the sidelines rather than being in the game. Does that does that speak to you? Yeah, and I like that analogy because I think often you do look upon what you're doing almost detached from yourself, but you still don't make that a step. Yeah, that's it. And because, mm. and what you'll do is you'll stay in planning stages yeah. of such and such and such and such as already. When I've um, figured out all of these um, difficulties and I've managed to um, mitigate against every possible risk that there might be, <laughs> then I'll take the step. 
And mind mm. you, years go by, right? Because um, when you're planning all that in your head, and like I said, that means that you're on the sidelines. Like you're, mm. like you're reporting on a game of rugby and you're saying what they, you know, and they should be doing this and they should be doing that. And, and you're thinking it all out in advance. And you're not actually in there, the person on the court, on the on the field or in the arena, I think, because that um, in Brené Brown's Daring Greatly, isn't it? And I can't remember, goodness, or the name of the, of the quote, which was fabulous. It's like it's when you're in the arena that mm. you are playing to win. And mm-hmm. that and that's it. So that doesn't necessarily mean taking out all of your opposition playing to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what it means is being in there with when you've got the real obstacles showing up rather than the rather than the imagined ones and living mm. in them. And and so that's I'm understanding is the biggest challenge that you see being posed by internal systems, internal voices for women in the process of rising. How does that play out in organizations? It's not so much the biggest challenge. I see that's what's happening. Okay. And, and it's rationalized as being, and it is, it's rationalized. It's all full of being, you know, like, it sounds like logic. Yeah. It doesn't sound like, oh, I'm not playing to win. It's, it seems so completely normal. And, and we know that when, there, when we're in normal and we're shrinking back, or it doesn't even feel like shrinking, it just feels like going on in life. And there's, um, yep. you know, like life's a bit of a river and you're staying on it and you're not going near any of those rapids. Mm, because and, that's your normal system. Because that's your normal system. Mm. And the problem with that is, and there's so many different ways it plays out, but the the problem with that is nothing transforms. Nothing really grows. You end up staying small, playing a small life, but that means so does your organisation. Yeah. You know, you can have all of the great dreams. I mean, the organisations are still doing amazing things, right? Absolutely, yeah. At the same time, they're very static Mm. in a lot of ways and worse because what that does is that stymies the potential of mm. each individual and it stymies then the potential of the organisation, which could be so much more than what's actually going ahead. And as far as I can see, organiser work organisations, like people, are working in survival mode rather than thrive mode. Mm. And, and playing think, is actually thriving. Okay, and I think you can quite easily get stuck in that, oh, the system is like this, so I'm like this. The system is like this, so I'm like this. And you get into that hamster wheel, don't you? Yeah, you do get into the hamster wheel and I will probably not be anyone's best friend when I say (laughs) I think it's the other way around. And I think it's absolutely important to take the responsibility Mm. for the way, for who we are as creators because, Mm. and, and the reason for that is, while you think it's the system doing it to you, and yes, of course, it, it shows up like that, right? It shows up mm. as a glass ceiling. It shows up as politics. It shows up as, you know, someone nudging you out of your job or taking your territory or whatever it might be. Yeah. But still, while you put it out there as being the system, you have no power to do anything about it. And so mm. creating yourself as responsible is what gives you back the power to make a change and make a difference other than just leaving the organisation and going into another <laughs> one where you're going to have exactly the same problems. Yeah. And creating your power, how does, how does that happen? Creating your power, how does that happen? It, it, by giving it back to yourself. And that is how. One of the ways is, well, the first way is making a commitment. Yeah. Actually, the first thing is deciding you are the creator and nobody else. Can we just stop there? The creator of what? What do you mean by creator? Well, the creator of your experience. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so any, anyone who's, anybody who said, I'm not thinking we're playing at God, although <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot that do. <laughs> <laughs> but you are the creator of your experience and yeah. you are the creator of your life. 
you know, you're an adult now. And I think a lot of us are still playing as children. I see this. We're wanting, like, mummy's and daddy's approval still. And, mm. and especially in a patriarchy, it's mm. like, you know, all of these, even, you know, even very senior women who I, I, I've worked with and, and work with are still playing good girls, wanting mm. approval. And I don't want to make it bad, but it's not powerful. That's what it is. It's not powerful. So when we start, all of us, coming to the fact that, I put myself of being in a position of being at cause of everything that is happening around me, then mm-hmm. I take back the power to make a difference for myself, mm-hmm. for others. I, I take the power of decision. I have the, I have the rudder, whatever yeah. is happening around me as well. As, and I, that doesn't mean that everything I want happens the way I want it to. That means that I am always at power of choice and I choose my situation and I choose the obstacles. Uh, I choose to be with what's happening fully right now and that gives me back my power mm. to make more informed and more empowering decisions. And what would be your advice to women listening who are having a what I call a light bulb moment thinking, oh, yeah, I'm in that wheel, that's me. I, I want to take back my power. Two pieces of advice. I try and avoid giving advice <laughs> as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> but here you're as a guest on my podcast, so you can give advice. <laughs> yes, I would say don't try and do it alone because mm-hmm. the thing that happens is, now that can be either, and I say don't do it alone, mm. that can be either get professional help, and I'm not I'm not just selling my services as coaching <laughs> coach or whatever, <laughs> But what I mean by that is we are designed with our own safety, internal safety systems that yeah. as soon as we have a great idea, we have this, ex, uh, you know, this, this expansion and this light bulb moment, our whole internal safety system is designed to make us shrink back into saying, oh, don't, don't do that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. oh, you know, it wasn't that great an idea. Yeah, you felt it at the moment, but it wasn't really, you weren't really feeling it or whatever yeah. it might be. We play tricks on ourselves. Yeah. So, there are two things. Either go and find someone who will accompany you, expanding mm-hmm. that, and um, or um, and yes, still find company. Be part of a group. Start using your voice. Start talking about it then. But talk to the people. You know, often we can talk to our friends or our families who are used to us being a certain way. Mm. If you have an idea that doesn't really fit with everybody who already knows you the way they know you, they're likely to discourage you. And, and and not with any sense of malice, right? Yep. And, and of yep. course, some of us will say, you know, I come from a culture in Australia. It's like, yeah, 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 do it. So, you know, that you that may com- be completely opposite. But to actually have any momentum and a part of taking action is finding yourself a group that you can take action with yeah. because then you build it, you know. And within companies, I think it's the same. When you start finding people who are who are doing something similar, you know, we join together. Humans are, humans are social animals. Mm. So mm. don't try and do it on your own. And isolation is a really big problem for women yeah. in particular. Yeah, and yeah, and I like that. It's we're back to tribes, aren't we? And yeah. I think it's that paradox of finding and building your tribe, but also actively looking for different perspectives. Because oh. you're right, it's so easy to go and get validation on what you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you know, it's like dipping your toe in the water. Oh, it's a little bit too cold. I'll do it later. You know, you have to deliberately go and find someone who you know is going to push you in a different direction, maybe. Yeah, and I love the way you say that as well because even if you're in a group, it's not about all having the same opinion. It's about all pushing in the same direction and then using the diversity of opinions to, like, be challenged. I mean, you might, you know, it's really great to be challenged in what you're doing. Absolutely. Not just exactly, not just going back for praise and approval again, but Mm. sometimes we need a little bit of encouragement and just saying, look, this this idea is strange to me. 
You know, mm. especially if you've, you've got a light bulb moment, but you're not, not used to having that particular one or it's been inside you for so long, right? Yeah. And then it starts showing itself. Well, if you keep going back to the same environment you've already been in, the people are going, I don't really know what you're talking about, which mm. is fine because that happens. But that's why it's important to go and get yeah, diversity in terms of someone who can I wrote a blog post about this a long time ago as well. Yeah, and I remember. Was, yeah, don't ask. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, don't ask your mother-in-law or whatever. And Because I know mine said to me what I wanted to do something. You're not exactly Alexandra Davinel, you know. Like, <laughs> I wanted to go and explore something. And it shut me right down. Yeah. Being, being the young thing. I was very young at the time, right, being the mm. young thing that I was. And I went, oh, God, maybe she's right. And this is what we do. Mm. So, um, yeah, so so the diversity of someone who's actually already succeeded in something, use, mm. you know, speak to those people. They've succeeded in something different. So go and find them. But then also go and, you know, find a group that's going, create a senior. I call it a senior. I call it a senior. So I didn't make that term up. Brian, mm. you know, and I think that's <laughs> awesome. Find a senior. So people who are doing maybe different things but pushing in the same direction where all your different personalities will really create a, an upward movement for all mm. of you. That's so important. Don't do all that. And it's a space, isn't it, where you can essentially an inclusive space, but a space where you can be challenged healthily and constructively to get to a place where you wouldn't have got on your own or with people who think like you. Yes, exactly. Because mm. you mm. know, we do have a tendency to like, well, when we when we start all thinking the same way, then it's mono's group think, isn't it? And then oh, yeah. you've got, then you've lost all of your capacity for innovation. Yeah, but it's comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's comfortable. But then once again, there's no more rapids. <laughs> yeah, so it's not very wild. Great transition into wild spirit leadership. I know you've recently set up the Wild Spirit Leadership Club. Can you tell us more about why it's wild and what it is? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not all about getting naked and dancing by the fire. Not yet. Anyway. <laughs> Might be at one stage. <laughs> <laughs> so be careful out there. <laughs> no, it's, um, it is actually a group because I realised myself for a long time that I was, I had all of these this commitment to changing things in the world and I was going about it as a lone wolf and also finding that completely normal. Also going through all of the, oh, right, well, you know, um, maybe there was the maybe I'm wrong part. There was also... Mm-hmm you know too too timid to talk too much about it and then there was the also the protection part okay mm-hmm. there was a whole lot of stuff in there but then I thought no I want a group of women around me who are also doing big things in the world mm-hmm. and who are finding themselves whatever their position alone in that but and so we wanted so I wanted to create a really amazing club where we would challenge each other so it's it's actually a leadership program the club as well okay with, of women who come who so I've got a bit of criteria for the women who are a part of it so there okay. is a certain aspect of being incorrigible <laughs> uh, <laughs> preferably a sense of humor but also incorruptible. definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely a sense of humor incorruptible yeah. incorruptible and incorrigible and with a mission bigger than themselves because for me a big part of wild spirit leadership is contribution yeah. and it's time to get past self-improvement mm. and it is time to get into who are we becoming as a contribution to the greater thriving of the world so and contribution and purpose if I'm hearing yeah, correctly contrib- contribution purpose commitment so <laughs> what we were talking about before planting mm. a stake in the ground like like literally planting it in the ground and saying, this is what I, not just what I stand for, but what I am a stand for. Mm. And then that means I'm not a stand for it on the days, I'm not giving up my stand for it on the days when I'm a bit tired and I'm not giving up my stand for it when things aren't flowing the way I want to. Mm. Because 
when you're a stand for something, there are, there are undoubtedly obstacles that are exactly designed for you and, yeah. and your growth that will pop up. So this is what commitment is. So it's about commitment, contribution, leadership as being uh, the way the way I I, lo- I love this way of defining it, which is um, creating a new future. So that that is one of the key things for leadership to me. It's like changing the course of something, transformation. Okay. And did so, you say leadership is being? Well, leadership is being, yes. Okay. <laughs> leadership is being the person, is being commitment. Okay. All right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a big job in this on integrity. So that means cleaning up all the messes that are around you that are stopping you from being as creative as you could be. Uh, like cleaning up the kitchen bench before you make the next meal, you know. Uh, like yeah. you, you can't do some things until there are other loose ends tied up. So this is a so it's a whole um, leadership program, but it's also a club, and there's a movement that's going along with it. So I'm doing um, so the leadership program is a ten month program for a group of very interesting, diverse women from around the world, uh-huh. international. But the commitment is to get back into your power. To, be, to get back Excellent. into wild spirit power and wild spirit also I'm someone who I'm equally in love with life and as comfortable barefoot on a mountaintop as I am sitting by the fire with a glass of champagne so it's mm-hmm. about all of you not mm-hmm. about the parts that are acceptable and that's why it's not about self-development mm-hmm. or your leadership style mm-hmm. it's about bringing all of you to your purpose so and who you are and who you are becoming is that Oh, yeah, and really, really, really finding out all of who you can become because, oh, my Mm. goodness, there is a whole world. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. And then there's the Wild Spirit Leadership Movement as well, which has started with a series of conversations that are open to any woman who really wants to transform leadership. Mm -hmm. There are one Thursday night a month. So there you go. They're the two different ways of being part of the Wild wild Spirit Leadership Okay. And if people want to look to effect change in their systems or in their life, what what would your advice be to women who are looking to start out on that process? Maybe they're not quite ready to come and and share with the Wild Leadership Club, but they're definitely wanting to move out of the hamster wheel and move out of where they are and become something else. I would say, first of all, trust your nudge. You know, not everyone has a world-changing vision right away. And honestly, I didn't either. I did, and a lot of the people I work with don't either. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, but we do have nudges. We have these little like ideas that won't let us go about what we should be doing next or what might look interesting. Do it, mm-hmm. and if you can't do it or listen to the nudge first. And if you need help with the nudge, go and find someone who will help you. So that's where we were talking about within. If it's within your organization, listen, listen for the other voices of women. And I yeah. know I'm about women but men too listen for the people who are saying cultivating your nudges but that that resonating with them okay Mm. and there will be there are listen for those people and if they're not in your organization find the people who are doing podcasts about it Mm. and call them find the people who are writing about it and get in touch with them but don't leave your nudge that's what I would say don't 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 discount it it's real a nudge mm. is real and it's there for a reason and each person has their own particular form of internal nudge yeah and I think it's interesting because everyone thinks to do something huge you have to do it in a big way and I, I don't believe that I believe in small is beautiful and I love the nudge theory of you know small bits of value every day can make a difference to a wider system and that's how you turn voices up 
for me in terms in, in the systems, particularly in organizations where there is a certain way of doing things and there are unwritten codes of culture and you can only nudge them. You have to nudge them before you can move them as a, as a block. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and lots of nudges together. Like that's why it's like keep keep listen. the listening is really important. If you don't block your own internal voice out, you will start listening for other people's internal voices that are showing up in different ways, and you'll start noticing them. If you had one last piece of advice for women leaders looking to start out on this journey and to find their nudge, what would it be? You don't find your nudge, it finds you. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> so believe it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing. Yeah, and listen to it. Own it. Own it. Don't don't discount it. Don't shove it in a black box inside you and pretend it doesn't exist. Excellent. Um, it would be that. And then, yeah, like, like I said, I think it comes down to um, don't try and do it on your own um, because the world needs collaboration and that is how we rise is through collaboration. And so wherever that may be, with you, with me, with, with all of the other wonderful coaches we know, with the, with the groups, your local, local groups, whoever it might be, like a co-op, so what, whatever it is, go and find your tribe. That's hmm. it. Or let, your, or let your tribe find you. I know that I keep repeating the same thing, but I think it starts there. Okay. No, but it's really interesting. And to be very uh, precise about it, you know, I will leave our listeners with that call to action of go and find your tribe and you don't work your nudge out. You listen to yourself and your nudge finds you. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't ever, yeah, don't work your nudge out. It's not, if you start to rationalise it and reason with it, it's dead. You'll kill it. Don't kill your nudge. <laughs> okay, so sit with your nudge. Is that the last, <laughs> the last call to action? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Okay, Angela, thank you very much for coming and sharing your thoughts on leadership and women leadership. Where can our listeners find out more about you and what you do? Oh, you can find out more about me and what I do on LinkedIn, um, yeah. Angela Phil. And my website is still Queen of Possible. It will eventually move to Wild Spirit, but at the moment I feel I've got more important things to do than change a website name. So <laughs> come and sign up for the Queen of Possible blog and you'll get some Wild Spirit energy every week in your inbox and we can keep in touch that way and find me on LinkedIn. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lizzie. It was so great talking to you. I loved it. Likewise. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and if so, please head over to iTunes and give us your opinion and review. So it's bye from me for now and see you soon for the next episode of Let's Talk.